0: Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, September 16th, 2018. Our text for the day is found in James, the third chapter, verses 1 through 12, which are as follows. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire! And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. I mentioned earlier, today is a very special day in the life of our church as we celebrate the sacraments of Holy Baptism. And what's so joyful about this day is being reminded once again through the water that we are made right not by what we do, but by what God does through Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we look at today's message, we realize that how we speak carries a lot of weight with those we love, and even with those that we don't. Today is the second part of our three-part going old school series. How many of us consider ourselves old school? Show of hands. Who's old school? Old school is a good thing, Right? We need some more old school, right? Is this where you say amen? I can't hear you. Amen? Amen. We need some more old school, right? All right. How many of y'all are 1,900 years old? Because the text we're reading today from James is at least that old, if not more. We're not talking old school in the 50s the 1950s, we're talking old school and the real 50s back then and there. And the problem with going old school is it makes us realize that maybe we don't pine for old school, but maybe we're trapped in nostalgia for what we saw as a simpler age. But part of being old school, I have learned, is being able to put it all on the line. Say what you mean, handle your business, and be done with it. Is that an understanding of old school, that's okay with everybody? Is that okay? Boy, y'all are tough today. (laughs) I haven't even started stepping on toes yet. But here's the reason why this is important. We're looking at John Wesley's three rules for Methodists. And the first one we covered last week was do no harm. And this week is do good. And if I ask you about doing good, we probably think of it more as an action verb. We think of it more in terms of tasks that we carry out. And we miss the inescapable fact that the part of our body that we do the most work with is our tongue. Has anybody ever said something they wish they could reel back in? How many of us aren't listening because we didn't raise our hands? All right, because that's where we are. And part of what we miss is the idea that our tongues have the most capacity to do good and to do evil. Yes, I said evil. And the writer of James knew this. And he also knew that one of the things that could rip the early church apart is how believers use their tongue. We've learned that lesson well, haven't we? Nobody in today's world ever uses their tongue to hurt a church, do they? Nobody, huh? But we miss the fact that not only can our tongue be destructive, but we miss the reality that our tongues can bless others. But today's passage, if we left it just about tongues and what we speak, would miss some of the bigger truths that are contained in this letter. And one of the things that you see in verse 2 and following, for all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Look at that. You put the bit, and what can you do then? You can leave. One of the dangerous things about us ignoring the capacity of our tongues, and I know of what I speak, I'm as guilty, if not more, than anybody, is that when our tongues fly off, and we say, oh, don't worry about it, that's just so and so, they don't mean anything by it. We're missing the deeper truth that this text is not about a tongue. But this text is about the first thing we see. We do good when we allow God to lead us. We do good when we allow God to lead us. One of the things that David and China are going to discover over the course of their lives... And sometimes you will want to put a bit in Benton's mouth and lead him around like a horse. Because he's not always going to listen to you, right? No matter what happens. And David, piece of advice, just say, wait till your mom gets home and she has to deal with this. All right? But we do good when we allow God to lead us. And Benton this morning is dependent on David and China, Richie and Joe and all the rest of the family to lead him to know the saving work of God in Christ. And what we have to ask ourselves is, who is leading our lives today? Who is it that is controlling our tongue? And how many times do we allow ourselves to be deluded and the thinking that we can excuse it. We must remember the basic truth that to do good, we must allow God to lead us. David and China are not going to be stuck raising this child on their own. We, as representatives of the universal church, are going to make a promise to David and China that we're going to walk with them each and every step of the way. And we're going to, by our actions and our attitudes, we're going to teach not only Benton, but David and China, who is leading us. Is it the grace of God, or is it the anger and bitterness that consumes us? But he goes on and he says, take a look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. Let those words sink in for a minute. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. Friday and yesterday, I was attending a conference in Nashville with a man that is coaching me right now in this season of my life. And one of the things we were talking about is the power of incremental change. And I thought about this second point as it looks to our faith, As it looks to the life that we have in Christ, the life that we have as parents, as grandparents, as aunts, as uncles, no matter what it is, we must remember the smallest things have the most power to do good. The smallest things have the most power to do good. Go on old school here old school to John Wesley's understanding of the marks of a Methodist and his rules for his United Societies. He understood that that time together made a huge difference in our faith. One of the things that you've heard me say before, and I'll say it again, is one cannot be a a truly active Christian who is embracing all that God has for them if this right here is the only time they encounter scripture. Those small things we do, the little devotions that we may do in the morning, the time of prayer, the time of reaching out to others, setting aside a week or two to engage in a mission project. Every day we make thousands of decisions. And every one of them on its own is small. But overall they add up to our life. Which is why I think James was so wise when he said the small member boasts of great exploits. Because he goes in after that and says how great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is fired. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. True confession time. Is there anybody in the room whose mouth has not been full of poison at one time or another? What does it do to us when others spit venom and invective toward us? How many of us have ever been lifted up by somebody just ripping us apart? But how many of us remember a time when someone we love and respect took a moment to bless us? I bet if we went around the room, we could hear all sorts of stories about what someone has blessed us through the word that they spoke. He goes on and he says, and We're going to skip forward a little bit. He says, Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. The doctrine of justification in the Christian tradition refers to Christ's work on behalf of humanity to rid us of our sins and to make us right with God. The doctrine of self-justification is a doctrine that I think we practice, and I'm using the all-inclusive we, far more often than we would care to realize because we forget that nothing Is ever neutral. It glorifies God or it does not glorify God. He said it well. You can't have both fresh and brackish water. Nothing, my friends, is ever neutral. It glorifies God or it does not glorify God. Old school is a great thing when it comes to the starkness of things. But let us be careful when we talk old school. Because part of being old school is realizing what the text says and living it out. We can't just be those who choose which parts of the scripture we want to engage in and which parts we want to ignore. We cannot ignore the words of James this morning. And the capacity that these words have to inspire us to do good to help us love the Lord our God, to love his church, to love his people, and to love the world. David and China, we hand to you today a faith that's 2,000 years old. Forgive us when we fall short of that standard, but help us remember that we have been given the gift to do good by the grace of God in Christ. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. For more information about our ministries, please visit org or find us on Facebook. Thank you and have a blessed day.